and welcome to the UK and Ireland Minnesota Vikings fan club podcast. I am your host, Mr. Richard Dawson, and I am welcomed this evening by Vice President and all-around nice guy, Mr. John McDonald, and show producer and also all-around nice guy, Mr. Reese Fields. Say hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. Hello, gentlemen. We have got a show packed tonight full of things happening in the NFL. It's been a busy week. Mr. Bill Belichick has decided that he will not be coaching at New England next season. And Jason Kelsey is going to stop playing football altogether, not just with the Eagles. He is retiring and taking his glorious beard with him. Pete Carroll is moving upstairs in the Seattle facility. And the biggest news of all, the Vikings are coming. Yes, that's right. You heard the Vikings are coming to London. We don't know when yet. We'll find out in April, but we are very excited. Based on the last time the Vikings came over, I had an absolute blast with fans from all across the world. It's been uh, uh, on my thoughts for some time now, thinking that they might come back and hoping that they might come back to London. I'm very excited, and I'm sure you guys are too. John, what do you think of the news of the Vikings invasion this year? It's something definitely to look forward to. Uh, We've got lots of plans in in motion at the moment. I've already had... uh... The legend of Cliff from the two Brewers reach out to me. Anyone who came to the Saints game last time will know exactly who I'm on about. The the guy who who opened up his pub nice and early for us when we were looking for a place to go. The moment he heard uh, the Vikings were coming to London, he texts me and he's very much looking forward to having us back. Legend has it. He will actually have staff this time because he'll be prepared for us. Yeah, uh, our Lord <laughs> and Saviour, Mr. Cliff at the two Brewers. Uh, yeah, I bet he'd text you with the amount of beer that he sold last time we were there. <laughs> I'm sure he could shut the pub for a couple of months and go on holiday by the time we've been back. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he did. Um, last time we were there, I think he probably closed up for a couple of months. It'll be great to, you know, be back there. It'll be nice of him not just opening up on the whim, seeing John sat outside on the curb at quarter past seven in the morning. Um, you know, <laughs> the fact that he came down just was, you know, immediately opened up the pub. And the first drinks he served were a couple of Bloody Marys and a Jaeger bomb. It showed exactly the sort of tenants we were going to be of the pub. And uh, I'm looking forward to going back there next year or this year, rather. Yeah, you're painting a very special picture of us there, Reese. But it's such a great location because there's a couple of pubs there. There's a nice residential blocked off street for people to um, gather outside and hopefully the nice weather. It's a five minute walk from the stadium. It was a great venue to start the the, the Saints game last time and the the skull chant that uh, the club, Tommy, Carl managed to organise before we went down was just absolutely incredible. So I'm very much looking forward to reliving it. John, are you going to be banging the drum this time? Well, the Vikings are the home team this year, so it might be a bit different with the skull line being inside the stadium. So we don't know what's going to happen there, but don't worry, John. I'm sure we'll find you some sort of drum to bang. Uh, on that note, I think we'll move on. Reese, John, what do you think of the most recent news? What do you think about Pete Carroll moving upstairs? Well, they're going to have to install a stair lift, aren't they, for him? Very funny. Poor guy. What about you, John? What do you think? Yeah, he's done very well at the Seahawks and moving upstairs now. But uh, I think Bill Belichick moving on from the Patriots is the biggest news in the NFL, in a big week of the NFL. Yeah, stalwart of the game, a stalwart at New England. He's um, had an interview at the Falcons this week. That will be very odd if he starts coaching there from next season, seeing uh, Belichick walking around in a Falcons hoodie. Do you think he'll ask for a salary of uh, 28.3 million? I hear, I hear in the interview, they asked him, did you ever 
come across big odds against you that you overcame. Yeah, I wonder if um, I wonder if he's feeling deflated from moving on from New England. <sighs> and here's me thinking we were bullying the Falcons, and there you come with a deflate game. <laughs> I'm here all week. Anyway, we've got lots to talk about in the podcast. Obviously, we are going to review the Super Wildcard Weekend. How does it affect our division? The Green Bay Packers and the Lions are into the next round. What does that do for the Vikings? And then we're going to preview the divisional games to finish off your podcast today. Really looking forward to talking about some more football. So let's crack on and review the Super Wildcard Weekend. Well, the Vikings weren't playing this weekend, but it was Super Wildcard Weekend. Very enjoyable football. John, which one did you stay up to watch? I watched all of the games, but my pick of the bunch would have been the Browns versus the Texans. CJ Stroud coming in there still as hot as ever, still as good as ever, putting it on the Browns, whose defence is meant to be one of the best in the league, and he made them look amateur. Yeah, I think we called it last week that it was going to be a bit of a gunslinger. And really up until the end, until Flacco started throwing some interceptions, it was a pretty competitive game. The Browns running game is just very good, isn't it, at the end of the day? And the Texans just look almost unstoppable at this stage. Although I think when they come up against the Ravens in the next round, they're going to find a bit of a challenge. Reese, did you catch the Texans game? I did. Um, as a kickoff to the Super Wildcard weekend. That first half was everything you could have asked for. It was anyone's game at halftime. It's fantastic to watch. Um, of course, Joe Flacco came out and did some Joe Flacco things at the start of the second half, which uh, killed the game off. It turned into a bit of a blowout. But uh, for me, the game that stood out, uh, or I say stood out, uh, has quite a memorable moment, was the Chiefs-Dolphins game. Uh, we said it was going to be a bit of a naff game, and it it kind of was. It was very cold. It was so cold that you couldn't really kick a field goal properly. Um, it was so cold that a helmet broke. I didn't think that was possible. Pat Mahomes' helmet shattered. Andy Reid's moustache was at risk of shattering. Uh, we've been in similar temperatures when we were out in Minnesota. Uh, not quite as Baltic as that, but you know, with the wind chill and everything in the uh, the college game, we had a feel of what that was like, and you know, icicles starting to form on your chin. So it can't have been too nice, and but we were right about one thing. We saw lots of Taylor Swift, and probably more of her than we did of the offenses. Yeah, I was uh, I was watching a little bit of the game. I must admit it was pretty naff, so I didn't tune into the whole thing. But it, I felt like Bugs Bunny was going to come out somewhere because Andy Reid's mustache was very uh, Acme esque, uh, looked very cartoonish, looked like it was going to freeze off his face. And uh, yeah, as everyone predicted, we all know that Taylor Swift was at the Gale, and we all know what she was wearing, and we all know. Everything about her at this stage, I think, which is um, sometimes good for football. Because you know what? If people have come for Taylor Swift and stay for the sport, I think that's a good win for the sport. So um, I don't mind that at all. Obviously, in my house, the big game was Steelers versus the Bills, uh, with my lad being a Steelers fan and my missus being a Bills fan. Unfortunately, Sunday was uh, almost called off our American day, uh, where we were doing wings and chili dogs and all sorts of stuff in our house. Trust me, the kids still ate the food. But the game was moved until Monday due to adverse weather conditions. And I'd have loved to have been in that stadium to watch that game because it looked so much fun. Um, there was talk before the game of the Bills receiving a 15-yard penalty for every snowball that was thrown. I think they'd be uh, walking almost back to Pittsburgh by the time all the snowballs that were actually thrown in that game. But uh, a very competitive game on the field. 
I thought that uh, the Bills looked like a well-oiled machine. James Cook's a very good running back. Reminds me very much of his brother, Josh Allen. What I didn't like about Josh Allen was the fake knee slide. I thought it was a fake slide. Um, I agree. And yeah, I just, I I didn't like it. I I thought, I think he's a better player than that. I don't think he needed to do that. Uh, And and then it it perpetuated into them and into the Steelers getting called for a a foul hit when he did slide. I mean, what, what are these guys supposed to do? Are they supposed to hit? Are they not supposed to hit? Yeah, left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth, especially when George Pickens got one of the most obvious pass interference calls not called uh, on a, on a, I think it was a fourth, fourth down, imperative down on a Pittsburgh drive, just slightly sullied the game for me. Although I don't think it would have made a massive difference. I think TJ Watt might've made a massive difference, but in the end, the bills were good for their win going through to the next round. And then obviously the Eagles, oh, the Eagles game, the Buccaneers, my my little girl is a Buccaneers fan. She was very happy in the morning. Reese, what did you take from the Eagles game? It was one of the more beautiful football spectacles I've ever seen. Seeing Philadelphia crumble the way they have since losing to the 49ers. Uh, we, we said about the uh, the fake slide with Josh Allen. I'm just going to double back to that. Baker Mayfield's thrown a couple of those out in the past and uh, takes some hits. I think quarterbacks need to learn if they, uh, they want to fake the slide, then they're going to get absolutely levelled. Um, but going back to the Eagles, oh, what a beautiful, beautiful spectacle that was. I mean, Baker Mayfield being made to look like the first overall pick that he was. I mean, I feel bad for Jason Kelsey in his last game. You know, he's a legend of sport, but I don't feel bad for the Eagles fans. I don't know why. I saw a really funny clip of someone throwing a full bucket of popcorn over Eagles head coach as he walked down the tunnel afterwards in a very disgruntled manner. Just everything about it was very, very good to watch. And, and, and do you know what? I don't want to take anything away from the Buccaneers because they looked good. Their fundamentals were good and they have got hot at the right time. So uh, watch out Lions in the next round. I was going to say, did you see uh, the NFL peaked this season in the Buccaneers game with a sign behind the game day broadcast, which says Nick Sirianni eats plant-based cheesesteaks. <laughs> I did not see that. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing when I saw that. Uh, it's going to have a horrible knock-on effect for the Eagles next season. Isn't it? If they don't have Jalen Hurts, that's two yards gone. If they don't have Kelsey, that's half a yard gone before they play. <laughs> yeah, they're going to have to actually spot the ball from where it's supposed to be spotted from. And uh, yeah, they're going to have to... I mean, a lot of people saying... Yeah, but it's just a centre. He'll just replace a centre. But he's a six-time Pro Bowl, Super Bowl winning centre. You don't just pick those up off the street. Six-time Pro Bowl, seven-time All-Pro. You know, the one that actually counts for something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll give you that. But yeah, it's, you know, uh, Pro Bowl's popularity. I mean, Justin Jefferson's not a Pro Bowler this season because he only went for a thousand yard in seven and a quarter games. Yeah, I suppose uh, I'm a needy guy. I like I like the popularity competition, but uh, but yeah, it, it's they're not just going to pick up a new centre off the street, put it that way. Uh, and in, and if Jason ever fancies a game at the Vikings, I'm sure he'd make our own O line a little bit better. John, did you watch the Eagles game? I did watch part of it. Yes, I was at work during the game, but yes, on my breaks I was catching up with it, and I was very shocked when I came in and saw what the score was originally. But yes, the Eagles get the Eagles truly got humbled and. I think it's there's talk there's talk of them moving on head coach wise and moving on from uh, Hertz now. So yes, it's all chaos at the Eagles at the moment. 
Yeah, Hertz is on a big contract, so if they want to move on from him, they're going to have to find someone very needy to take that on. But uh, yeah, uh, Kelsey leaving again, just as Reece said, an absolute um, legend of the game. Uh, one of the best centres to have ever played the game. I think, you know, there's not too many centres that I can remember off the top of my head, but uh, Kelsey's definitely one of them. And I think he'll be a great asset to the sport going forward as some sort of pundit or commentator. Uh, obviously, his podcast is uh, uh, pretty good. Uh, not quite as good as ours, but it's pretty good. And um, yeah, I think he'll, he'll definitely take that uh, media role by storm. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be good to see because he's a good guy as well. Um, it's uh, it's good for the game. So yeah, Super Wild Card weekend. What a really good, fun weekend of football. Not so great for the Vikings in terms of some of the results. Uh, and we're going to talk about that next. What happened to the Packers and what happened to the Lions? So there was a couple of NFC North teams playing in Super Wild Card weekend this week. And uh, the Packers were playing the Cowboys and the Lions were playing the Rams. Uh, I think the Lions-Rams game, Reese, you said that was going to be uh, one to watch uh, from last week's pod. And, 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 it, and it was. But let's just address the Cowboys versus Packers. It was a, well, for a neutral, it might have been nice to watch. For a Cowboys fan, it was torture for a Packers fan oh, it just doesn't even bear thinking about but John did you watch the Packers Cowboys game what do you think yes yes it wasn't I did watch that game it wasn't close at all the Packers were out of sight by the end of the first quarter really it just wasn't close that game was not close whatsoever you saw the de- Cowboys crumbling immediately and it, you're just like well that's this game done isn't it then What's really, really worrying is this could be an extension of three decades worth of extremely good quarterback in Green Bay. I just, it doesn't bear thinking about. I'd like to think that the Cowboys had a bad game rather than Green Bay had a good game. But I think I'm lying to myself if I'm saying that the perennial downfall of uh, of the Cowboys and of Dak Prescott, it just happened a game earlier this year. Uh, that's the only thing that was different about it. But uh, yeah, it's it was a very sad game to watch. Yeah, you called Dak crumbling uh, in last week's show and you were right. I said about how the Packers could get, you know, some holding calls. Um, it's hard to get a holding call when you only have drives that last five plays and then you're scoring again. I'm not too concerned about the Packers next season uh, based on this game. Purely because if you give anyone a 21-point head start in the playoffs, um, the game's always going to be very different to what your your standard NFL playoff game should be. Um, I would just like to say, Cowboy fans, we do have some empathy for you. We've seen a quarterback come in and completely balls up your season. Um, The only difference is we're not paying Nick Mullins $126 million. Yeah, Dak Prescott is certainly something you won't be dunking in your tea because that boy crumbles easier than a digestive. So it's it's just a horrible game to recap, a horrible game to watch. Uh, does absolutely nothing for the Vikings. I'd like to think that we'd still be competitive with them next year with Kirk back in. I still cling on to the, the uh, assumption that we would have won the division and be in the playoffs if Kirk had not gone down. I still I still believe that. I don't, I, I'm not seeing any evidence against that. Um, I think we win the three games that we won with him out um, against the Broncos, the Bengals and the Bears. Yeah, we would have beaten the Bears. We would have beaten the Lions. 
I mean, that there's no. Oh yeah, you're only saying it's because you're fighting such a bit. No, we're not bitter, and okay, we're kind of bitter because the you know both the Lions and Packers won the playoffs. But you look at those games, you look at the turnovers that we had, you look at how we completely struggled against the Raiders to move the ball. That wouldn't have been the case. Turnovers against the Bears. There's no way we, Kirk Cousins throws those four interceptions. If you re-sign Kirk Cousins, there is so much reason to be optimistic and not worried about the Packers based on the game against the Cowboys. Because... Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of cap magicry to happen over the off-season, and I'm sure that uh, Kwesi will earn his earn his pennies. But uh, yeah, I'm still I'm not worried about next season as long as as long as we get Kirk back. And if we don't, then maybe we're more optimistic for the future because we'll have loads more cap space and we can build some other talent on the squad. But uh, but just recapping the Lions game. Uh, it, yeah, I remember when I had my first beer. It's uh, It feels a little bit like that moment because the Lions, after 28 years, 29 years in complete obscurity, have won one playoff game and now they're feeling like that they are talking like they are the, the best team in the NFL. It's uh, quite a turnaround from the plucky Lions. But uh, what did you take of the game, John? Before we talk about uh, the Lions, we need to talk about Puka Nakur, who... Broke the single season, uh, single game record uh, of receiving yards in the NFL playoffs. So that's 181 yards. He absolutely kept the kept the Rams in that game. Yeah, hats off to Puka Nakua. I think it's been he's been a joy to watch this year. Uh, almost a little bit like JJ and Addison, whereas everyone's been doubling up on Cooper Cup. Uh, Nakua's had his, his uh, had his way with the the secondary this year. He's been uh, he's been doing what he wants, and he's been a joy to watch. Like I say, so yeah, um, hats off to him, and well done for breaking that that rookie record. But uh, what do we think about the Lions? Are they good? I don't know yet. The Lions are good. Okay, that's it's weird saying that. It still feels like I'm living in a sort of sort of parallel universe. Um, I mean, just going back to Nakua, he did this in games without Cup as well. He's just been phenomenal all year. Um, so, you know, that's someone to keep an eye on in the future. And uh, so are the Lions, unfortunately, because they do look like they are for real. Um, they've got the backing of Eminem, of course. And uh, it's a weird one saying if the if the Super Bowl was between the, the Chiefs and the Lions, that I'd be wanting the Lions if I'm going by musical talent. But thankfully, I'm not. I'm going by my heart and sporting rivalry and uh, I really hope in this uh, upcoming divisional round that both of them get knocked out because I, I'm terrified of seeing the Lions mean that we're the last NFC North team to win the NFC Championship. Uh, and I don't want the Packers to even have a sniff of the Super Bowl because that fan base will never shut up about it. Um, the, the worrying thing is that the Lions really are for real. Uh, I keep saying that because they are. It worries me. I'm more worried about the Lions and the fact that they'll get an off-season to build on this buoyancy. It doesn't really look like they're going to fall apart. Everyone last year said, why are you tearing up your backfield for uh, when you've got the guy who just broke the record for most touchdown, rushing touchdowns in the season, and they let him walk on to the Saints. Doesn't have a great year for the Saints, and who does have a great year running the ball? The Detroit Lions with Montgomery formerly the Bears and Jameer Gibbs from from the NFL draft. So it seems like they've got a good organisation there. They know what they're doing and it is a cause for concern. I'm not having it. 
I refuse to believe it. If we can nearly beat them twice with Nick Mullins slinging the ball around, I refuse to believe that they are a good team. And who trades up in the first round to take a running back in 2023? I just refuse to believe that they are well run and I refuse to believe that they're a good team. What does concern me about next year is that the Bears have got five top 100 picks, something ridiculous like that. The Green Bay Packers seem to be maybe good. The Lions might be good. What's going to happen in our division next year? Are we going to be competitive or do we just take this opportunity to have a less competitive rebuild, shall we say? John, what do you think? I think looking at it from a Vikings perspective, you have to look at the both t- both teams won their games in the playoff round, playoff round. So you have to say we've been facing top top opposition next year who don't look like they're getting any weaker. They're both look like they're get only only getting stronger. They're both young team, very young teams, which is very scary for us. It might force us into a a proper rebuild and rip ripping up uh, what we've got at the Vikings to try and maybe try and stick around with them. The Bears are also have also got a lot of capital in the draft this year, so they could be getting towards becoming really good as well. But knowing the Bears, they will they will piss that away as they always do. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I wonder who's going to be playing quarterback for the Bears next year. Is it going to be Justin Fields or is it going to be Caleb or is it going to be one of the other top draft prospects? I think it's uh, it's going to be a really interesting offseason. And of course, we will be here to inform you of all the news as it goes around, including the uh, the Vikings and everyone else in our division. But yeah, it's uh, it's looking like a tough old season next year. We'll uh, we'll see how it pans out. Reese, are we going to be competitive next year or what? Well, if we can be smart and trade with the Panthers, maybe, because they seem to love uh, making terrible trades. And I wouldn't mind having, you know, a starting wide receiver, an extra first round pick and everything like that in exchange for. (laughs) Oh, man, I can't believe they made that trade with the Bears. And it hurts so much. Don't they have those those picks? The only good news is, is that they have got an untested GM. Um, I wasn't too thrilled with. Well, I say I was thrilled. I, if I was a Chicago Bears fan, I wouldn't have been too thrilled with what I've seen so far. I didn't feel like the draft was that good last year from the Bears, uh, even if the you know the pick the pickup of um, the draft picks and DJ Moore worked out. It really could have gone south had the um, had Bryce Young not been picked by the Panthers and had CJ Stroud been picked up like um, Frank Reich wanted to do as he has been quite vocal on, shall we say, or his camp have been quite vocal on since his firing from the Panthers or his recognition, however you want to put it. Um, We could be looking at alternative histories, but there's a lot of talent there. The only thing that gives me hope is, you know, the Bears went and traded a lot more than they should have done for Montez Sweat. And it seems like they have a, a strange way of investing the mountains of cap space they have. So it'll be you know, only time will tell how that pans out. So I, I've said how I feel about the Lions, but I also feel incredibly optimistic with us. If we can re-sign Kirk Cousins, keep Daniil Hunter, Brian Flores, you know, saying this on Tuesday and touch wood, nothing happens in between now and release. It looks 
like he is going to be sticking around. The Falcons, of course, want to go for Belichick. You've got the Raiders looking to take um, Antonio Pierce. In that's, I mean, it's so strong the Pierce backing there in in Las Vegas that Max Crosby said he'll request a trade if it if he's not made the head coach. Patriots, for some reason, decide to hire from within. That seems to be the Patriot way. I don't quite get it. There's probably better coaching talent around the NFL. Of course, a bit harsh maybe judging someone before they've even head coached a game. But yeah, it looks like Forrest is going to stay. Hunter, his camp say that he wants to stay. So fingers crossed that's going to happen. Uh, so if you can keep Hunter, Kirk and, and Flores, I feel like there is good reason to be optimistic next year. The three amigos, yeah. I, I think we either we've got two options really. We can't go full. We can't go half that. We've either got to go full Kirk, or we've got to go complete rebuild. And I think we can run it back. That's my gut feeling. I feel like this season was disappointing because Kirk went down, Acres went down, Justin was out for a, a, a decent stretch of games. Hicks got injured. We just lost too many guys, and I don't. I don't like to think that history would repeat itself next year. I think if we run it back with a decent running back, re-sign Reisner, you know, the offense as good as anyone in the NFL. JJ is the best wide receiver in football. Addison was looking outstanding towards the end of the season. I just think that we're too good not to run it back. We're too good to waste a couple of couple more of uh, JJ seasons. I, I want to see us go full Kirk and, uh, and run it back. But... Only time will tell. Oh. Only time will tell. Yeah, I agree. I really want to run it back with Kirk. There's no reason not to run it back with Kirk in my mind. I think that guys will take cut deals to come and play under Kirk. This, I'm just, the way I've seen it plan out, I felt like this is more and more should have been our year. Um, and I think that the guys who are, you know, I think guys will take a pay cut to come back here or to come here and play on this team compared to others and Kirk's alluded to it already that you know it's not about the dollars it's about what the dollars represent uh Kwesi says he wants to make it work Hunter's camp you know Harrison Smith it seems like he wants to be a Viking or nowhere else whether that means he takes a pay cut you know runs it back gives up a lot of money I know to do it but if he was just going to retire if he got cut by the Vikings, he'd be giving up a lot more money. So it's really, I, I just have a feeling that there's so much reason to be optimistic as long as you re-sign Kirk Cousins and uh, Kwesi can you know, stick to his guns and coach sticks to his guns. And if they do, well, I say if, if seems inevitable, when they do take a course back in this year's draft, they don't cave to the pressure if there's a bit of a wobbly start. Because if we had the start we had this season, you know some of the armchair fans would be screaming for the rookie quarterback when, you know, Kirk Cousins putting up incredible numbers. I think the guy outscored half the league in fantasy still and only played eight games or seven and a half games. The guy's a gem. And if he can convince Smith to come back, I don't think Smith needs any more money. I think at the end of the day, he can walk around Minnesota and never pay for another beer in his life. And I'll buy the boy a microwave and some cheese if that's what keeps him happy. So, um, yeah, if we can keep him in Minnesota, I'd be, I'd be pretty happy for next season. But anyway, we, we digress. Uh, we've got one more topic to talk about, which is the preview of the divisional round of the playoffs. Let's get into it now. 
So as fun as last weekend was, we have got the divisional round of the playoffs coming up. I cannot look past the Ravens game. I think that that is going to be an incredible game. Watching CJ Stroud tear apart the Browns in the first round of the playoffs. Could he do it again against the Ravens? I think, you know, there's no reason why he could play any worse. But the problem is he's coming up against a a Ravens side, which is incredibly good this year. And all they've done is add more talent to it. Dalvin Cook strolled into the facility, wanting a ring. And I'm sure he's going to play, you know, some part in the game. Um, Otherwise, what was the point in bringing him in? And their running game has not been consistent, let's say, this year. Um, Lamar is probably their best running back. So, yeah, I'm looking, really looking forward to that game. I'm looking forward to uh, some big plays. And I think uh, I think the Ravens will come out on top. But what CJ Stroud has done in his first year in the game is uh, definitely to be noted. He is, I keep using this phrase, uh, a football unicorn uh, coming straight out of college, taking his um, taking his, his team into the playoffs and winning his first playoff game. That's uh, almost unheard of in the game. So, yeah, really looking forward to that game. It's going to be a tight one, I think. It's going to be a lot closer than everyone believes. I mean, the Ravens' defence has been absolutely amazing this year. I've had them in most of my fantasy leagues and they've done me really well. But CJ Stroud I've also had in my fantasy leagues. So I've been keeping a special eye on him this year and he's done exceptional for a rookie so it's going to be a really close game but I think the Ravens will just about edge it yeah I agree John going to be a tight game going to be fun to watch Reese, what's your opinion Uh, I'm going Ravens on this one I I said last week they are my pick for the whole thing the addition of Dalvin Cook should hopefully stabilize a running game that's struggled with injuries this year the thing that stands out for me, like John said, he had him in fantasy. I had him in fantasy. The Ravens' defense has been phenomenal this year. Early season, Ravens were plagued with drops. There were so many drops, uh, and the defense won them the games. And since that's happened, OBJ's got healthy. Zay Flowers looks like an uh, an elite talent. The guy's a football joystick. He's incredible to watch so I'm excited for this one Um, but I I have to say despite the football unicorn on the other side Ravens take this one for me yeah I'm going to agree with that I just think they're too good Um, I think the Texans whilst have been exceptionally good to watch this year loads of fun does feel like the Ravens are going to take it this season Um, and they've had another week's rest Uh, Lamar is healthy which is always good to see Uh, yeah and Odell Beckham is like a, a a good luck charm. If we could um, stick him on a necklace and sell him, I'm sure everyone would take a piece because uh, wherever he ends up tends to uh, tends to be a good signing. I, I was calling for him to to come to the Vikings last year. I think he would have been a really good addition to our squad. Um, as as much drama and and pizzazz as he brings, or whatever you want to call it, he's still a really good football player and a really good wide receiver um, and really complementary to a lot of people's uh, a lot of people's teams. So yeah, I think that's going to be a really fun game. Uh, the next game, uh, the Bills game. Against the Chiefs, is that going to be a great game? Is it not going to be a great game? I'd like to think that the Chiefs step up for this one. And I'd like to think that Josh Allen is Josh Allen, whereas defence wins your championships with the Ravens. The only way that the Bills are going to win it is with Josh Allen because their defence is obliterated and they lost another player against the uh, against the Steelers this weekend. John, how do you see it panning out? It's going to be a very different game. Than it normally is. Most most postseasons you see Chiefs versus Bills, and it's always at Arrowhead. 
This time the Chiefs have to go into Buffalo. It's going to be a very different game going into Buffalo, I think, for the Chiefs. Although the Bills' defence is depleted. I mean, by the end of the game against the Steelers, their defence was very depleted and they were almost asking fans, can you play defence? Can you can you come down and play defence? We've, we've got no one left. Can you play defence? Yeah, they had a couple of guys out trying to build snowballs on the pitch instead of having to play an O-line because they had so, so few many players. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an odd one. I, I, I can't really call it. It's going to be a, a typical Bills game and the Chiefs are going to stroll them. Or there might be a little bit of excitement and pizzazz. I, I just I don't know what's going to happen. Brees, what do you think? Honestly, like said, the injuries are a concern, but both teams have had to play very physical games. The only difference being that you know the Steelers tried to make the comeback. The Dolphins looked like they wanted to get back on the plane back to uh, to Miami. So I favour the Chiefs in this one just because the rest of the recuperation I think it's key. It's not like I said, we we say about the Bills always going to the Chiefs and you know can they compete there and what's it going to be like the Chiefs going to Buffalo. Yeah, equally as cold, lots of snow, lots of ice. They're used to it, you know, Kansas City, Buffalo, maybe a long way apart in the in terms of geography, but the conditions aren't, and I feel like that's going to help the Chiefs, and I favour the Chiefs in this one for that reason. Yeah, I don't know whether I want Stefan Diggs to win. Are we in or are we out on Stefan Diggs? I feel like it wouldn't be an NFL season without seeing Stefan Diggs watching someone else lift a trophy from the sidelines. And being very upset about it. The toys will come out the pram at some point on the weekend. I promise you that. I will just add that uh, the Bills seem to have changed since James Cook has started really running the ball properly. And it seems to have given Josh Allen a lot more freedom back there. He's not, the game's not always 100% on Josh Allen. So it gives him space, gives him time in the pocket and gives him a release on first and second down where he can hand the ball off and know he's going to get five yards with a James Cook run or something like that. Totally agree. And it also takes the ball out of Josh Allen's hands to throw less interceptions because he's been very guilty of that in the past, slinging the ball around like a, like a madman. But fun to watch, fun with his legs. You, you don't really know. Some teams, you just know they're going to run the ball on this play. They're going to throw the ball on this play. They're very, very obvious. They 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 telegraph what they're going to do to defenses. Do you mean like Dak Prescott? <laughs> Potentially, he might be uh, guilty of that. But I was screaming, "Here we go!" Before throwing an interception. <laughs> Which, by got... the way, interception. Uh, this the first one I can understand is a, a good play. I'm going to come back to the. I'm going back to the last segment here, but the second one safety lurking in the middle of the field stares down the safety looks where he's going to throw it throws it in that direction pick six it, it was unbelievably bad Dak just needs some counseling at this stage i feel, the, 126, I feel for the million. 126 million for that but yeah josh allen is a, a different beast and the offense of the bills is a different beast and uh i i, I like the i mean i know um I know Gabe Davis was out last week. I don't know whether he's going to be back in this week, but I like Shakur as well. I think he's a good player. Kincaid looks like a really good pickup at, at tight end, and him and Dawson Knox are a good good one too. Yeah, I think it's going to be... It'll either be uh, a typical Bills 
capitulation and the Chiefs will just go through the motions and win it. Or it could be quite spicy, I think. There could be some uh, some big hits. But uh, let's hope the weather does its job and stays away and uh, we get to we get that game underway so we can watch it because it's uh, I think it's a half 11 game UK time. So when you might just be able to squeeze in before bed. Yeah, I was going to say that you were saying about Kincaid and and Dawson Knox, it helps you in these colder conditions when you're more inclined to run the ball. If you're coming out a lot more in 21 personnel rather than standard 11 personnel, you you look like you're going to run the ball more and you can hit people more with a pass and a play action because you're a heavier set. So, you know, that's a a reason to be optimistic if you are a Bills fan listening into this podcast. Hello, Mrs. Dawson. (laughs) And um, (laughs) but yeah, I, I stick by my guns of Chiefs. She doesn't listen to me in real life, mate. What do you think? What makes you think she tunes into this? But anyway, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to that game. I'm sort of looking forward to the Lions game, I, I, just because I think that the, the books have hit form at the right time, and um, I can't, I can't watch the Lions go to a championship game. That would really annoy me. So uh, yeah, I'd like to see the uh, the books get hold of that one. Yeah, I know. Last week I said if the Lions can get past the test of the Rams, then they would face you know, either the Buccaneers or the faltering, spluttering, stuttering Eagles. Uh, they're facing the Buccaneers, but like you were saying, the, the Bucks are doing the fundamentals right. And from what looked like it should be a gimme for the Lions, it looks less like a gimme now. I still favour Detroit in this one, but that's only because Baker is, he hasn't done something Bakerish in a while. And that's what makes me worry. It's like we could be getting to, you know, overtime in a in a 28-28 game or something like that. It's been the most fantastic game ever. We get into overtime and you could just see Baker throwing a pick six. It's It, it feels like that's just, it hasn't happened for a long time. Something crazy that only Baker really does. Maybe he's past it, mate. Maybe he's grown up. Maybe he's Maybe. finally... The quarterback that he was supposed to be. But he looked good and he looked good at one point in the Browns. I'm just, I know, I, I favour the, the Lions, but it should be closer. And I do hope the Bucks give him a run for their money and take him to the uh, championship get, uh, and get to the championship game over the Lions, uh, hopefully against the 49ers in his head game. Um, even if I do have to eat my words, if the Buccaneers make it all the way to the Super Bowl, because I said that wasn't going to happen last week. Yeah, I'd, I'd take it just so that you were wrong, Reese. But, uh, John, what do you think? Bucks or Lions? As much as I'd love it to be the Bucks, I think their journey is over. I would love the Lions to go out, but I, I've been calling them frauds all year. And I, after that game against the Rams, I don't think we can say they're frauds anymore, unfortunately. They had that game fully in control. Yeah, but you can't boo. You can't boo your previous quarterback walking into the stadium with his kids and then go to a championship game. I will refuse to let that happen for the good of humanity. You, 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 you've not met the Eagles, have you? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or the, or the Packers. Well, speaking of the Packers, I am I'm going to savour the obliteration of the Packers in the next round by the 49ers. If the 49ers turn up and... We hope that they do. This game could be quite tasty. Um, Green Bay have been good. I mean, I'm not I'm not going to try and say anything different. For the past few games of the season, they have hit form at the right time. 
Jordan Love, the way he drops back and uh, uh, to avoid contact and get plays off is, um, I hate to say it, it is nice to watch. He is a really good fundamentals quarterback, um, uh, or he has been for the past few games. But Christian McCaffrey, the human tank, the human bulldozer, I am going to be looking forward to him running through some Packers players at the weekend. What do you think, John? Who's got what? The 49ers are always dangerous in this round of playoffs. Uh, they pretty much all automatically get through to the championship round where they will go out to whoever gets to the championship round. But yes, they've got a brilliant system over there and I think the Packers are going to get uh, put on their arse, quite frankly. Yeah, I think just going to some of their weapons, Ayuk, again, Christian McCaffrey, Brock Purdy is a very, very competent, good Brilliant quarterback. I don't really know which one he is, whether he's just good in that system or whether he's a good quarterback in himself. You know, they've got some good defensive players. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a, a hopefully a fun game to watch because I, like I say, I'm hoping uh, I'm hoping for an annihilation. But uh, what do you think? What do you think, Reese? How's it going to go? Well, in week 18, the injury report for the 49ers made some pretty ominous reading. Lots of players resting or out but not but also not being risked for a, a game that was completely inconsequential on their season they had number one seed locked up all they were going to lose was a bit of momentum christian mccaffrey is back that is huge that is arguably the best player in the national football league fit healthy ready to run the ball down the throats of the Green Bay Packers, who are on a high, but what comes up must hopefully come crashing down. And um, I would, I, I feel like the 49ers, I, I congratulated my colleague at work this morning saying, congratulations on making the NFC Championship. Um, having <laughs> seen him since the weekend, he's a 49ers fan. Um, he shared my optimism, shall we say that. I I can't see the Super Bowl being anything but a 49ers-Ravens affair. And I hope that the 49ers get there in style this weekend at least. Yeah, it's going to be uh, an interesting game. I hope some of this stuff doesn't come back to bite us in the ass. Uh, I've been calling the Lions frauds all season and all of a sudden they're, they're, they're uh, proving me wrong. Uh, I, said, I remember... On our second podcast, Reese, and you said Jordan Love isn't it. Well, he might be it, and that's the scary thing. Oh, anyone can throw when they've got a twenty-one point cushion. I could play quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. I'd throw a few interceptions, maybe on purpose, but <laughs> yeah, maybe less than. Especially and when Aaron Jones is playing the way Aaron Jones did play, though, in that game against Dallas, you don't really need to throw the ball much. Yeah, um, stop their running game. And uh, I think I think it becomes a different a different story. And uh, with Bosa bearing down on uh, on Mr. Love, that's going to be a, an interesting matchup. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. Um, that, that and historically, the 49ers always invest in their defensive line. They always have. Uh, they put so many first round picks into that line over the years. I know some of those players have moved on, but they know how to invest in it. They don't. They know football is. 
it starts in the trenches and it can be won and lost in the trenches. And it's that's going to be huge. You stop if you stop Aaron Jones, force Jordan Love to throw. You can do what the Vikings did in that first game against the Packers and only rush free. He won't pick anyone out. Yeah, sure. Certain receivers are getting hot. I, I Sorry, the, this 49ers secondary is completely different to the Cowboys secondary. The Cowboys had one man in that secondary who's gone for a record number of pick sixes, but hasn't had one, you know, since Thanksgiving or didn't have one since Thanksgiving. The, the 49ers are a different beast. They are the best team in the NFC by a country mile. And uh, only well, certain teams could beat them. But, you know, we, we won't name that team because that team uh, is obviously us. And, yeah, it should have been us. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, beating the 49ers isn't for everyone, but it certainly was for us. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to the whole weekend. Uh, another exceptional weekend of football. Let's see how it pans out. I, I, I'm looking forward to, to sitting down with uh, with the family and, and catching a few of those games. So uh, we'll do that and we'll watch them. And then maybe we'll come back next week and, uh, and have a chat about them. What do you think, lads? Sounds good to me. Yes, definitely sounds good to me. Well, I think we'll uh, we'll leave it there then. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, have yourselves a good week and uh, I'll see you in a bit. Say goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye, gentlemen. Goodbye, gentlemen. One day you'll just say a nice goodbye and we'll all go off into the sunset. But anyway. No, we won't. No, it's always <laughs> good. It's goodbye, gentlemen, forever. <laughs> right then. We'll see you next week. ta